still get together, uh, be able to pray together. Uh, this is such a very significant time. And uh, one of the things that we wanted to do, we won't be on very long today, but one of the things that I wanted to do was to uh, take this opportunity to uh, you know how often uh, you see at this time of year a lot of conversation about Resurrection Sunday. You see um, Passover and you see Easter. You hear all three of those things being talked about at the same time. And I think about seven or eight years ago, uh, I, I did a teaching to explain the differences between Resurrection and Passover and Easter. And, yeah, you and I wanted to take the time to kind of rehearse that before we uh, before we pray, and um, so that you know, for us, this is all. It's always about more than just having the same religious ritual thing that you do uh, every year. You know, your churches get together, they partake of Holy Communion, and they pray, but. The children, I know it was for me, the children are wondering, okay, everyone's saying happy Easter and everyone's saying happy resurrection and everybody's saying, you know, Passover, talking about Passover. It's like, what does all of this stuff mean? Is it all the same? How is it separated? What, what is this really all about? And so I wanted to take the time uh, this morning to kind of uh, uh, really just rehearse that that teaching um, and before getting into our time of prayer, just uh, just kind of reviewing that and looking at that again. And so I want to go to, I want to uh, just uh, rehearse that with you for just a, just a moment before we go any further. As you know, this is the time that we celebrate. Um, the world knows it as Easter um, in the church world. Some, some refer to it as Resurrection Sunday. And I just wanted to mention to you part of the reason why you have the, the two of those things. And that's because uh, the ancient, I'll call it the ancient Roman Catholic Church, in their efforts to spread the gospel and help people get to know about Jesus, they, one of their things that was common for them to do was to take a holiday that was already going on and to um, put the cel attach it to the celebration of Jesus to draw people away from those pagan gods to Jesus. Uh, we see that with Christmas. Actually, the word Christmas means Christ's Mass because, as you know, Mass or gatherings of the people of the Lord is a part of, of Catholic practice. So they established a Christ Mass, and it happened, and they did it around the time when there's a celebration that was going on to celebrate the, the winter uh, season and the winter gods that were being celebrated. And uh, so they established a Christ mass at the same time. And a lot of us, we don't know about this history because we came into the faith as Protestants. And by that, I mean, I want to go into all that history, but uh, there was a time in history where a group of people broke off from the Catholic Church and they were known as Protestants. They were protesting the way that the church was being operated. So that's where that phrase Protestant comes from. And so we, most of us, we have come into the knowledge of Jesus through the, pro, through the Protestant 
branch of the church. And so we don't know a lot about the Catholic origins. Um, and so uh, we, there have been certain things that we've just taken on the practice and made it a part of our lives, but we don't really know where it comes from. And so Easter is another one of those times. It actually, there was an ancient god known as Ishtar, and they pronounced it Easter, which was the celebration of the god of fertility. And, and, uh, and, they, and in the, the Germans, uh, uh, particularly the Catholic Church in, the, uh, in, in Germany, they did the same thing, uh, and that is they adopted the practice of worshiping the Lord Jesus during that time when Ishtar was being celebrated. And so a lot of those same practices, Ishtar practices, Ishtar practices came to America when folks moved from over in Europe into America, particularly as discovered this week, um, the Germans that settled in Pennsylvania, they were very much into the celebration of Easter and so that's why today there's this, they, uh, there's attachment of the bunny and the eggs. And you always want, if you ever wonder what that's about, it's because those are fertility signs. An egg is fertility. A bunny, because they're so prolific. Rabbits. <laughs> so it was all about life. And so you can see why you would say, uh, why, uh, why a church would say, well, since people are already celebrating life and birth, then let's celebrate the life of Jesus and the fact that he was raised from the dead. Now, what's normally practiced during this time of the year uh, from the Jewish foundation of the Christian faith is Passover. That's practiced between the months of March and April. And so sometimes Passover and, and uh, Easter, the, the calendars line up. Most of the time they don't because Easter is really... Um, is according to is scheduled according to how the uh, moon is going around the earth because you know the moon circles the earth every 28 days so Easter is actually uh, scheduled according to the revolutions of the moon and that's why Easter isn't doesn't happen every year at the same time because it's really attached to the moon's revolutions and so Passover is the thing that we really kind of look toward because of how Passover uh, explains where Jesus is in our lives. So I want to show you this little quick video clip, really short, about eight minutes, which explains Passover. This is very important. So before we sing, and I promise the guys we won't dance, <laughs> before we sing our songs of praise and worship to the Lord, I just want you to really to understand Passover and what we're doing today and what this is all about. So go ahead, Rich. Passover corresponds with our March or April. It is the first of all of the feasts and the first of the spring feasts. Passover is considered to be Israel's foundational feast upon which the other six feasts that follow simply build upon. Passover, a feast which also begins Israel's religious year, is often referred to as the Feast of Unleavened Bread because only unleavened bread was eaten during the seven days immediately following Passover. Actually, the Feast of Unleavened Bread is the second feast mentioned in Leviticus 23. It is a feast unto itself with separate and significant meaning. Yet by Jesus' day, the two feasts were often referred to synonymously. Thus, some of the Gospel writers refer to Jesus' crucifixion falling around the Feast of Unleavened Bread, as well as at the same time of Preparation Day of Passover. 
While the Jewish people have celebrated Passover annually since the time of Moses, in reality there was only one Passover. It occurred almost 3,500 years ago in Egypt. It was then that the lamb was sacrificed and the blood was applied to each doorpost. When this was done, that home was passed over by the death angel of God's wrath. All subsequent observances of the Feast of Passover over the centuries were memorials of that one and only original Passover. In Exodus chapter 12, God outlined in detail the steps to be taken by those who trusted in him so that they, unlike the Egyptians, would not be struck down by the final plague. On the tenth day of the Hebrew month of Nisan, they were to select a year-old lamb without blemish or spot out of the flock and keep it until the fourteenth day of the month. During this time frame, each family would become personally attached to their lamb so that it would no longer be just an ordinary lamb but their very own family lamb. This would deeply impress upon them the extreme nature of the sacrifice. An innocent lamb was to die in their place. The blood of the lamb would substitute for their sin and save them from the wrath of God. On the evening of the 14th day of the first month, as the sun was setting, the lambs were to be publicly killed by the whole assembly and then subsequently eaten. Although collectively everyone was responsible for the death of the lambs, each family was to individually apply the blood of the lamb to the doorpost of their home as a visible sign of their faith in the Lord. At that moment, the innocent lamb became their substitute, making it possible for the Lord's judgment to pass over them. Therefore, the Lord instituted Passover as an eternal reminder of that dreadful yet redemptive night. Several centuries before Jesus, a somewhat traditionalized Passover service began to emerge among the Jewish people. The ritual Passover service had been changed and even the exact timing and method of celebrating had been adjusted some. Most of this came about, historians speculate, because so often Israel was in captivity. They had no temple for part of the time and they were not allowed to celebrate in many ancient and traditional ways. This Passover service was called the Seder from the Hebrew word meaning order. It prescribed the traditional order of the scripture readings, prayers, symbolic foods, and hymns in the Passover service. The basic order of the Passover Seder today remains much as it was during the time of Jesus. Finally, Jesus was crucified during the Passover event. He and his disciples ate a Passover meal together on the evening before his death. They actually ate it one day early. This was perfectly legal under the Seder ritual because it allowed for the eating of the meal one day before or one day after the actual day in cases of emergency or hardship. As long as an Orthodox Jew ate the Passover meal during this three-day time period, he was considered to have kept the law. During this meal, Jesus said, This is my body, and this is the cup of the new covenant. All of the lambs that had been previously sacrificed in Egypt during the original Passover pointed to the one true Lamb of God, who now was taking away the sin of the world. Writing to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul made this fulfillment clear. Christ, our Passover Lamb, is sacrificed for us. Most serious Bible scholars agree that Jesus entered Jerusalem during the last week of his life on Sunday. We call it Palm Sunday. It was the tenth of Nisan, the day the people were to be choosing their Passover lambs. That day they chose Jesus, 
They hailed him as their king and messiah. Four days later, on the 14th day of Nisan, they were to slaughter their Passover lamb and then sit down to the Passover meal at sundown or 6 p.m. On the 14th day of Nisan, the people cried out for Pontius Pilate to crucify Jesus. They cried out for their lamb to be slaughtered. Little did they know, but by the time they sat down to their evening meal that night at 6 p.m., the people had fulfilled prophecy and had acted out the Passover law in Jesus Christ. In him, they chose their lamb. In him, they slaughtered their lamb. And in him, for all willing to get under his blood, they would be passed over for God's judgment and they would find restoration with God through the blood of the Lamb of God. On the very afternoon that Jesus was crucified, the Bible records that he did and said something amazing. He did both at the very same time. At the ninth hour, or 3 p.m., Jesus cried out in a loud voice, It is finished. And then he gave up his spirit, the Bible says. What did Jesus mean by that? Why does the Gospel writer say that at exactly 3 p.m. he gave up his own spirit? Or in other words, he chose the time he would die. And then upon dying, he cried out, It is finished. This was to further fulfill the Passover law. For 1,200 years before, on the day of the Passover preparation, or preparation day as the New Testament calls it, the high priest would slaughter the last and thus symbolic of all, the Passover lamb. He would do this at 3 p.m. and he would declare, it is now complete, or it is now finished. The people would use this time to contemplate the sins of the people and the nation, and then return to their homes to make the final arrangements to sit down at 6 p.m. and eat the Passover meal. At 3 p.m., when the priest was declaring that the Passover preparation was now finished and that the last lamb had been slain, Jesus echoed the priest's words from the cross. At 3 p.m., as the great high priest of the universe, Jesus declared, Jesus decreed that the last lamb forever had been slain. At that very moment, Jesus gave up his own spirit into his Father's hands. Passover was now completed, Passover, and our way of salvation under the blood of the Lamb was now finished. So what we are celebrating is not only the Passover and the sacrifice that was made, and now we uh, come into right relationship with God because of that blood. Uh, we've just done what, what, what happened like the guy said, 3,500 years ago. Can you imagine that? 3,500 years ago, what was physically done where people sacrificed the lamb and took the blood and put it on their doorposts so that the death angel that was going to be passing through Egypt would pass over their home. They would be saved. And that's what happens with us. When you prayed that prayer and said, Lord Jesus, come into my life, I receive and accept what you did on the cross. That's what you did. You put the blood. You applied that blood over your life. Ain't that wonderful? And now the wrath of God is passing over you. It's passing over you. And that's, this isn't just for after we die, but even as we're living today, all of the death and the destruction and all the stuff that the enemy is trying to send at us now, he has to pass over Thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad today? Come on, say, yeah, Lord. Uh, we're talking about the differences between Easter um, and resurrection and Passover so that we can have a better understanding uh, about what all of this really means. 
so that as we are partaking of uh, Holy Communion and as we are praying and, and uh, all types of things are going on today, uh, of course, we're all uh, on lockdown <laughs> and meeting in our separate homes and everything. And there are lots of churches across the country that are streaming live. I know our home church is. My pastor, our bishop, is doing the same thing. He's talking to the congregation from his from his uh, office. Um, and so this is going on all over the country. But I think that the Lord is allowing us to do something very special. Here's the thing that's really unique about this year's resurrection and Passover time is that just like in the, in the first Passover, everybody was in their homes. Look at the significance of this time. Everybody was on lockdown in their homes <laughs> with a plague. The death angel was coming through the entire country and only those who had the blood of that lamb over their doorposts. Those were the only ones that that death angel passed over. That's where the word Passover comes from. The death angel passed over that household because of the blood. And today we are literally living that out. We have a plague uh, and a deadly plague sweeping our entire world. And everyone has been told to go home and stay home while this is happening. And so even though there's uh, all kinds of human efforts uh, for people to, you know, to prevent this from happening and wearing of the mask and washing hands and all of that, uh, the, what we're putting the emphasis on is on the spiritual aspect because no amount of wearing a mask and no amount of washing of hands will deal with the sin that is within. <laughs> And so what we're, what we're celebrating is the fact that fact, historical fact, that God came to earth as a human being in the likeness of man in Jesus Christ, and he became the final Passover lamb to take away the sins of the world. And only thing that we are required to do is to two things, believe and receive. Got to say that to yourself while repeat after me. Say, believe, believe and, receive. And, receive. and receive. That's what we're all called to do in this time. Uh, uh, Your speaker's not working. Is my speaker going out? Am I going in and out? Okay, I'm here. To, I'm here. Everybody can hear me okay. No, we have to have it on mute. Oh, huh? oh that was them. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> We can hear y'all. Hi. <laughs> and so we are, as we're, as we're having this discussion and, and talking like this, we're just, we, we were just uh, playing a video. You guys missed part of it, but uh, we're explaining the difference between resurrection and Easter. Easter is actually comes out of a pagan ritual of celebrating fertility. Uh, and uh, the thing that the video didn't say, but I will add, is uh, uh, fertility was only one part. Uh, actually, Easter is a, Ishtar is the name of the goddess that was celebrated, but Ishtar uh, is uh, a fertility god, but it's a highly sensual god. So it was about sex, if I could just be real raw with you. That's what Easter is about. <laughs> um, 
they would get together and have parties and uh and not only celebrate this this god with with uh you know the, the symbolisms of rabbits bunnies and all of that but it was a highly sensual celebration as well uh some of the other gods or goddesses that are likened unto ishtar uh is uh we know them in the roman world as venus uh, the god the goddess of love and so you have to understand that you know when you're referring to the goddess of love or ishtar or venus these are highly sensual uh, uh rituals. rituals so it's not just it, it was it included the birth and they knew babies were going to come so they would celebrate the life and the birth and all of that and the church the the ancient roman catholic church uh, and, uh, and also the uh, Catholic Church in Germany, they began to try to, what the word they would use is Christianize these pagan holidays by celebrating some aspect of Jesus during those times. That's what Christmas is about. Originally, during, on December, 5th, December 25th, it was about Saturnalia, coming from the god Saturn, with the planet Saturn. And there was a winter festival that was celebrated. And so the church began to hold what they called a Christ mass, uh, meaning Christ, Jesus Christ. Let's celebrate him and, and his uh, coming into the world. Christmas was never intended by originally to celebrate Christ, that, that day as the birthday of Christ. It was just simply to celebrate the fact that he came. And so through religious rituals, through the years, people start attaching it and saying this is the day that christ was born but no that's not what the church was ever saying they were never saying december 25th was his birthday it was just a day to celebrate the fact that he came but they were just simply trying to uh you use it as a holiday to turn people to christ and away from just celebrating the winter festivals and all of that and the same thing happened with uh, Ishtar, which was always celebrated around uh, March and April of each year. And again, they, they uh, attach Resurrection Day, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, they, they tried to replace that for people who, who became Christians. And same way it is today, people become Christians, but they still like their old celebrations. They still like doing the same old stuff that they used to do. <laughs> and so the church tried to Christianize it. And we see that in a lot in the church today. There's a lot of things that the church tries to Christianize, mm -hmm. to make it palatable for people uh, in order for them to turn to Christ. But we were never called to try to Christianize anything and make things palatable and easy for people to come to the Lord. It's, it, when we say when, when Jesus came to preaching, repent, he meant that. He meant turn away from everything and everybody else that's against me and against my will and turn to me, turn against my way, turn to him, turn to his way, his will, totally repent. Uh, repent is a, is a, a military phrase. It means about face, face, completely turn around and come in this direction. So um, we took the time to share this with you today so that you would know that as you are partaking of Holy Communion and as you are praying and as you're celebrating, this has nothing to do with Ishtar, Easter, and at Christmas time, it has nothing to do with Saturnalia. 
uh, and, the, and Santa Claus and winter celebrations. It's what, what the church was trying to do was bring people to Christ in both of those holiday seasons. And so we're just sharing that with you so that you know the difference. Uh, we're not telling you how to celebrate because there are certain things, traditions that have come along. There's really not a big deal. It's got nothing to do with, with those gods. I mean, there are people that, you know, every year we eat ham and, and cabbage. I ain't telling you to stop your traditional meals and all that, but understand what you are truly celebrating. I mean, even when we think about it, we used to always go and buy new clothes at Easter. Well, symbolically, what the church was trying to say is you're putting on the new man, clothed in righteousness. A whole new thing is coming into your life. But when you don't understand that, then you just follow along with things in religious tradition without understanding the, dis the difference and what it really is about uh, and understanding why. And so this is why we celebrate um, uh, uh, Resurrection Sunday is the perfect time to partake of Holy Communion because this is what Jesus actually taught us uh, to do. In fact, I'll, go to, I'll, uh, I'll bring that up on the screen for you now. So we can, I wanna show you this passage of scripture. Everyone see that okay? It says resurrection, yeah. Passover and Easter. So that was the, I just wanted to explain to you the difference. And now I wanna show you the scripture passage from what we're talking about. It's first Corinthians 11 chapter verses 23 and 26. And if you are prepared, if you would like to, um, you can per, uh, get your communion elements if, you're, if, if you are prepared to do that. We'd ask some of you to do that if you are able to. Um, and the first is the bread. And from 1 Corinthians 11, 23, I'll read 23 and 24 first. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and he was giving them instructions. Paul spent a lot of time giving instructions to the church at Corinth because they were new believers. In fact, in those days, everybody was new because the whole thing was new. It was actually referred to as the way. I don't know if you ever knew that. Originally, this what we call today Christianity. Originally, it was not a religion. It was just a move of God, and all the way they knew how to explain it was to call it the way. So here is Paul writing to the followers of the way and giving them some instructions. And he says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so I want you to just to take a moment and just give the Lord thanks. Thank you, Lord. We give you thanks, Lord. We thank you for your body that was broken. Thank you, Lord. We don't take this for granted, what you have done for us. I want you just to take it and eat, everybody. That, that, that's joining with us to do this today. Take and eat. And then Paul goes on to say in the next verse, verse 25, he says, in the same manner, 
In the same manner, he took the cup after supper. So actually they ate a whole meal. They actually ate a whole meal. He also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And that's what we're doing right now. And so I want you just to take and to drink. And then he concludes that part by saying in verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So very important uh, what Paul was uh, trying to help these new believers to understand that we should never take, forget, take for granted and ever forget what was actually done for us that we are able to have life in Christ because death passes over us. Always remember the price that was paid uh, for us so that we can have life in Christ today. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Madeline and uh, Elder Maxine uh, just to uh, lead us in a prayer as we're closing out today, to praying for God's people that are on this call and for the folks in your family as we're going through this pandemic time of just thanking God for the covering that we have of his blood. Father, we bless you today and we thank you for uh, your people, oh God. We ask, oh God, that during this time, this pandemic, oh God, that you will cause them to look to your word so that they're able to understand what is happening at this time and what is your um position what's going on from your perspective biblically what is happening during this time we come against the spirit of fear for you have not given us the spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind we ask oh god that you will uh cover just like you did with the blood on the doorpost we are covered by your blood, oh God. And as the pandemic is here, it will pass over us. I pray, oh God, that all will have confidence in you, knowing that this disease will pass over us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That was a complete prayer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we just agree, Lord God, with Elder Maxine's prayer, Father God. Yeah. And we thank you, Lord. We just repent for this world, Lord, that have pushed you away, Lord, yeah. that have put other gods before you, Lord God. Oh, God, we thank you for calling your people back to you, Lord, for giving us another opportunity, Lord God, to turn to you and to get closer to you. For you are God Almighty, and there is none other greater than you. So, Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. We bless you, Father. We just appreciate your son's sacrifice. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we thank you so much for your suffering, for your sacrifice for us. It is not in vain. We love you and appreciate you. We yeah. thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for leading us in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for your awesome presence yes. right where we are. Yes. 
in every household, every home. Thank you, Lord, for those that are watching, for those that are listening uh, on the phones. Lord, we just thank you. We don't take this for granted. We know that you are with us. Yes. We know that you are with us. I just hear that in my spirit. God is with us. Do you hear me, everybody? God is with you. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. You are not alone, even though we've had to be in our houses. Um, but God is with you. He's with you. He's part of the reason why he's allowed us to go through this is to bring us this entire nation back to the reality that we need him. We need God. We need God. God is no longer going to be an option. Yes. No. In the days ahead. It's not going to be an option. <laughs> we Thank need you. God. We need God. Thank yes. you, Lord. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. As much as I love sports and as much as I like entertainment and all of that, we didn't found out I don't have to have sports. I don't have to have entertainment. <laughs> We've come down to what we really have to have, haven't we? Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. I see you raise your hand, Pastor, Pastor Madeline. No, I was just <laughs> praying. Okay, she was just waving and saying, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Well, God bless you, everybody. Thank you for spending God bless you, too. God bless you. Glad to see your faces. Everybody yeah. say everybody say say bye to mom. She's on she's listening on the phone. Hi mom. Hey. Bye bye. Say bye. I love you. Love you. You were just thinking about her yesterday. Yeah, I was asking my mom. I said, Mom, how is she doing? And she's like, She's doing good. I said, Oh, that's good. I, said, I haven't heard anything about her or anything in a while. I haven't get to see her. I was like, Man, that's good. I said, She always has a glow on her face. Yeah. She's always glowing. And we we're talking about how strong she is in the Lord. Like, very strong. Oh, my goodness. God is with her all the way. Yay. <laughs> so you hear that, Mom? I know she needs to hear that. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> very. <laughs> that wow. well, they all do but i am telling you she be glowing it's something about her she remind me of my nanny oh like, okay yeah, yeah she does and my nanny like you could just see like the presence of god all over her it was like oh my goodness amazing <laughs> thank you Lord. you are blessed <laughs> yay <laughs> <laughs> You guys have an awesome, blessed day. Yes, um, enjoy your time with family. And uh, the next time that we'll be uh, getting together will be on the first Sunday of uh, May. Okay. Uh, getting together online. In the meantime, uh, Pastor Madeline and Elder Maxine and Mom will get together for our weekly prayer on Wednesday. And anybody want to join in on, on the prayer time, you can. Uh, okay. it, it has a different link, but uh, we'll send that out. Uh, the different league for the prayer time. We get together on Wednesdays, eight o'clock uh, online, and we pray for about an hour. Um, okay. And uh, God bless you guys. We love y'all so much, and we miss y'all. Virtual, Love yourself. That's coming from us. All right. Love you guys. Have an awesome time. Love you guys. Love you. Love you.